Well, praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry bringing you the Word of God. It is always an honor and a privilege uh, to have you connect with us. Praise God. I know I say that every time, but you know, I really mean it. It is a, an honor to have you all connect with me. Whether you're uh, connecting as far as podcasts, we do have a lot of folks that connect with podcasts, uh, whether it's Vimeo, it's Roku, whatever. And so we're just excited whether you're watching it or whether you're listening to it. Praise God that you're with us. Praise God. It's always an honor to be able to bring the Word of God to you. Today, we're going to go right back into Romans chapter 5 and verse 17, please. And again, we're talking about, this is a series in our midweeks uh, messages, is uh, reigning in life and what it means to reign in life. So let's read our key verse, all right? Verse 17, please, and it just says this. Uh, whoops, I guess I better get to it. it looks like I had the wrong, wrong page here. Here we go. For if by one man's offense, of course, again, talking about Adam here, for by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So what does it mean to reign in life? Let's define a little bit here, all right? So the word to reign in life, you know, talking about in our life and in our everyday walking, at, walking this out life that we live, all right? It just means to rule in dominion. In other words, to, to walk with some authority and some dominion. It literally means obtain royal power. Okay, I thought that was kind of key. It means to exercise kingly influence and control. And that's why we spent the first week of this series talking about reigning uh, as kings in life. Amen. And what that means, okay, uh, under this new covenant. The word reign refers to, when you begin to dive into this, like in uh, area of lexicons and things like that, it brings out that this word reign is the basis and foundation of power is what it calls it. The basis and the foundation of power, all right? It means the strength to govern, the confidence to win. It speaks of stuff like stability or to hold sway, all right? These are just some of the words. So let's say that again, all right? So it means rule and dominion, to obtain royal power, to exercise kingly influence and control, the basis, of found, uh, the basis and foundation of power, strength to govern, confidence to win, stability to hold sway. All right, so that's the definition of the word reign. So we're talking about reigning in life. That's what we're talking about, is you walking in your dominion and authority as a child of God, that you have the basis and the foundation of power, that you can walk with the confidence, amen, hold uh, stable, praise God, in life, amen, and not be all over the map, praise God. And this is kind of what it is. Now it says in this verse, but the way it's going to happen is you're going to have to receive something, all right? And the word receive here, literally it's lambano is the Greek word, and it just means to take hold of, but it literally means take hold of what's offered, right? So there's something, what it's referring to is something is being offered unto you, and you're taking hold of what's being offered, all right? You're seizing what's being put out there for you, all right? Well, it says two things here, okay? It talks about the abundance of grace and of the gift and Actually, as we're going to see here before we're done here today, it's talking about the free gift of righteousness. Praise God. Amen. So righteousness, of course, uh, uh, the word uh, is referred to being rendered right. All right. Uh, right standing or having rights and privileges. It uses words like uh, justified, equity, justification. These are all words that kind of fit. And most of the, all them words all come out of the same root word. So anything about righteousness or justification, justified, righteous, righteousness, all of it comes out of the same root word, all right? 
And again, that's going to come up again. But the purpose of righteousness is to bring you in a place of right standing with God. In fact, one of the definitions of this word righteous means the ability to stand before God without guilt and condemnation as though sin had never been. That was one of the definitions of that word righteous. Amen. The ability to stand before God without guilt and condemnation as though sin had never been. Now, that's going to be very important today of what we're going to touch on today. All right, the other thing that it talks about here is the abundance of grace. All right, now, of course, abundance talking about there's more than enough. In other words, you're never going to run out. And the, the word grace is charis, which means, uh, uh, you know, a gift or a favor. Uh, um, it also refers to, in fact, the definition in the concordance is a divine influence upon the heart or the core, right, and then reflected in your life, all right? That's what that word grace means. Now, the reason I say grace and talk about that after the word righteousness, because that's kind of the order that we did this series. We talked about righteousness first. We talked about grace, amen, and what it means to receive that. And the reason being is because, uh, as we're going to read here in a minute, uh, you know, down here at the end of the chapter, it refers to that grace reigns through righteousness. Now, the reason I, I'm kind of a stickler on that is because the whole plan of redemption, everything that it, everything what, what sending uh, Jesus to, to pay a price, amen, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, all that, what was the purpose of all of that? Okay, well, I said, well, because God loved people. Yes, he did. But the whole plan, see, redemptive plan was to restore fellowship with God and man once again, where that fellowship's restored. Amen. There's no hindrance, nothing in the way of it, praise God. And so what what righteousness did was was paid a price. Now, you became the righteousness of God. Amen. I know this is all review, but anyway, you became. The word says that he who knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Amen. That's your identity now. See, you've been now made righteous. In other words, you now have access to the throne, access to the Father at any given time, no matter of yester moment, yesterday, yesteryear, on and on. See, no matter what the mistakes, no matter the ups and downs, you always have access, access based on what Christ did, based on what he did, all right? So a price was paid for, so you could be rendered right, all right? Then when you get there, then there's, there's that empowerment, right? Now, of course, last week we talked about uh, you know, going to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Amen. So we did take some time to talk about the difference between mercy and grace. Amen. You know, mercy is that thing that, that really is there to cover uh, this moment back. Amen. So it's what disconnects you, in a sense, from the things that hold you back. And grace, then, is that empowerment. We spent a lot of time just talking about that. It's that empowerment, the strength of God, the power of God, the hand of God. Amen. That, that we need uh, to connect us to our future and our destiny, praise God. So mercy was that thing that, that basically covered everything here to kind of eliminate any kind of situations that could hold you back, whereas grace now is a thing to empower you to move forward, amen. But in this text, it brings out the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. In other words, you have a way paid now for you to go unto God, and when you get unto God, now you have everything you need to move forward in God. That's why you can reign in life, praise God. You can reign in life because of what's been offered. Now get this, not just what's been offered, but the fact that you're receiving it, okay? Because that's huge, okay? 
A lot of things being offered. We can go on and on and on and talk about all kinds of promises of God. And all them promises are yes and amen, but if we're not going to receive them, if we're not going to, you know, lamb ban, if we're not going to take hold or seize what's being offered, amen, you'll go your whole life without even experiencing that very promise, okay? So in this particular text, he's talking about the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. And if you will receive that, you can reign in life. And so we've been every week just kind of coming at it different angle. Today we're going to do the same thing, okay? But what we're going to do this, I might do a little more reading today, but we're going to back up in the chapter here, um, uh, start here in chapter 5. I'm going to kind of uh, move forward a little bit in the book of Romans today. Um, but um, the idea is I want to hopefully um, come at this thing in a way it kind of clarifies some things, and I'll, I'll, that'll under, you'll understand that here in a minute. So we're going to go up to verse 12, all right? So Romans 5 still. And uh, we will go up to verse 12, and I'm going to kind of take my time through this, and hopefully I get all the way through this, what we're going to do today. Verse 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man's sin, uh, just through one man, sin entered the world. Now, of course, we're talking about uh, Adam here, the first Adam, all right? So Adam. There was, uh, therefore, just as through one man's sin, or pardon me, through one man's sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin, okay? So in other words, because of what Adam did, it affected all mankind. And I think we've pretty much made that clear every week, okay? But we're going to just kind of grab hold of this today. It says, verse 13, for until the law... Sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed or charged to the account or held against those, right, when there is no law. So what he's saying here, and this is kind of key today, that the law, because of the law, it revealed sin. That's the purpose of the law. Now, the word law here, okay, he's talking about the the writings of Moses, you know, in the Old Covenant. In fact, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse uh, six through nine, I believe, right in there. Okay, it refers to this law as the letter of the law. Okay, now that's get that the letter of the law. Okay, because that's going to come up again. All right, it refers to it as the ministry of death. You would think that's what a ministry, right? Or the ministry of condemnation, which is a key word today. All right, so we're talking about the the law came to reveal sin. In other words, the law came. See, up up until then. You know, there were things being done that were wrong, but, but when the law came into being, all of a sudden now it's revealed where they're falling short, okay? That was the purpose of the law. Now listen, and now verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned through Adam to Moses. In other words, there was just as much mistakes being made before Moses as after Moses here, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. Now listen, who is a type of him, talking about Jesus now, who was to come. All right, now hang on. But the free gift, okay. Now again, we know it's talking about righteousness, not just based on what's going to be said here, but also some things that were said even in the last couple chapters here, okay. But it says, so it's talking about, but the free gift is not like the offense, okay. So he's starting to bring some clarity here, the difference between what Adam did and what Jesus did, okay. For if by one man's offense... 
Many died. In other words, many were affected by it, okay? Much more the grace of God and the gift, okay? So grace and righteousness by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. So he's starting to say now in this text, and again, I know I'm, I'm kind of hammering on this a little bit, but the idea is, is you got to recognize that Adam, what Adam did affected all mankind. No doubt about it, okay? And uh, it's still affecting all mankind, believe it or not, okay? So every man is born in, in, into this world in a sin nature, okay, because of what Adam did. But based on what Christ did, okay, now has come, amen, the liberty and freedom, setting captives free based on what Jesus. So what Adam did affected all mankind, but what Jesus did also affected all mankind. And all who will receive it, amen, praise God, what Jesus did far exceeds what Adam did. And what you're reading here in chapter 5 is just different ways that Paul brings that out, okay? All right, so he goes on, uh, verse 16. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from the one offense, that was what Adam did, resulted in condemnation, a thing called condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses, in other words, what Jesus, you know, he took sin upon himself, took all mankind's sin upon himself, amen, hallelujah, and because of what he did, it resulted in a thing called justification. Okay, so uh, we're going to just start right off with this. Okay, condemnation. Let's do some more defining, all right? Condemnation um, is a word that means an adverse sentence, a verdict, okay, an adverse verdict, okay, which means to be pronounced guilty or convicted of something, okay? So when the law came in, the law showed and revealed what they were doing, their shortcomings, the sin, where they were coming up, uh, you know, shorthanded, so to speak. Okay, so it revealed that, okay? And because of that then, there's a verdict or a sentence passed, okay, where you're guilty, okay, because you're guilty of it, okay? Now, somebody said, well, that, that didn't sound fun. Well, none of it's fun, but the idea was is to show that we, we were going to have need of one coming, which was in some, some of your references, it says a second Adam, talking about Jesus, Amen. Because of what Jesus did. See, no man can live, you know, by the law, okay? Uh, you know, a lot of people try. Uh, a lot of people even right now watching or listening, you might be amazed at how much in your life you might be even living by the law, all right? And hopefully maybe some of that will come out today and, uh, and help us along here. But the idea is that, you know, the law's there, uh, you know, to show you do's and don'ts and rights and wrongs and and how to this and how not to this and what to do, what not to do, all that kind of stuff. It reveals all those things. And so there's a, there's a, a purpose for the law. But the law also then becomes, as we talked about earlier, a ministry of death or the ministry of condemnation. In other words, it shows you that you're not measuring up. It shows you you can't do all this in your own strength, in your own power, in your own ability. All right? And when you try to live by the law, according to Scripture, it says this, if you're going to try to live by part of it, you've got to try to live by all of it. And nobody can. Nobody has been able to do that other than Jesus. All right? Jesus fulfilled the law. Amen. But then paid a price for all mankind so we wouldn't have to live by the law. And that'll, 
That'll make sense. In other words, live by the letter of the law. One, one of the references is going to say that. All right. We're called to live, amen, uh, by our relationship with Him, by moving toward Him and having Him empower us, amen, by that grace, amen, empower us, strengthen us, uh, lead us, direct us, praise God, breathe into us. Why? So we can walk this out. If we live that way, we can do this. But if we're going to live just by the letter of the law, then what happens is it opens the door to a thing called condemnation. Now, I'm just going to say this about condemnation. Condemnation is a paralyzer. All right? Anytime condemnation's on the scene, it's going to paralyze the individual or the believer that's under that. All right? Some other words, sometimes you might see things like shame, guilt. These are kind of some things sometimes that fit in there with, with condemnation. And uh, so uh, condemnation is a paralyzer. Condemnation uh, keeps a believer from moving forward. And that is why the enemy uses it. Now, the reason I'm kind of hammered on this today is because as a pastor, okay, I've been pastoring now for, uh, as a senior pastor for 30 years at, by the time of this uh, video, um, and uh, been involved with uh, different facets, facets of ministry, not just the local church, but uh, you know, outside meetings, everything from uh, even jail, prison, different things like that, and work with a lot of individuals who've come into Christ. Amen. And one of the things that I have find, or I have found, I should say, uh, as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, working with people, that one of the most dangerous things, okay, that works against a believer is a thing called condemnation, all right? It keeps more believers back from the things of God than pretty much any other thing, all right? Because you know as well as I do, ain't none of us arrived yet, ain't none of us have this down yet, ain't none of us done it perfect yet, amen? We're hopefully all growing, we're hopefully all maturing, amen, and, and making less mistakes, praise God, or at least we all hope so, right? But the thing is this, you know as well as I do, ain't none of us you know, doing this all right every day. Every now and then, it might be an attitude, a word, a thing, a, you know, how we respond to things, how we do things. Amen. All kinds of things that happen. What the enemy tries to do is to suck you under this thing, bring you under, under uh, the, the thumb screw, so to speak, bring, uh, you know, have dominion over you through a thing called condemnation. Okay. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to constantly uh, pass a, you know, have that sentence passed on you where you're guilty, you're guilty, you're guilty, all right? Trying to paralyze you and shut you down. Now, I've probably spent a little more time on that than maybe I was planning on, but the bottom line is that's kind of what we're going to deal with today is that somewhere along the line, we got to get to the place where we're saying yes to justification, all right? In other words, bringing, being brought into right standing and say no to condemnation. All right, so we've got to we've got to get to the place where we're not allowing the enemy to put condemnation on us. All right, and I want to bring some clarity about that today. Amen. And really, the scripture talks about walking in newness of life, and what and that's really what it's talking about is you're you're you you've got a whole new way now that you're thinking, a whole new way now as a believer uh, how you process certain things and think certain things and how you walk this thing out. Amen. And see, part of that is, is you have to receive what Christ has done. And so that you will walk then in that thing called justification and not allow the enemy 
to hold you under a thing called condemnation. All right, so praise God. So let's go here. Um, okay, so we, we, we define condemnation. Now, justification, of course, like I said, it uses the same root word as righteousness, righteous, okay, justified. Okay, that's all the same root word. But when you kind of look at justification now, how it's used in the sentence, it's referred to an acquittal, a pardon, a forgiving, a, you know, a forgiving, remission, released, vindicated. So instead of being convicted, you're now vindicated. Okay, so what Christ has done, even though the enemy's trying to keep you locked down, Jesus came along and what he did, amen, is what unlocks it and sets you free, praise God. What Adam did locked every mankind, every, uh, every person in mankind, locked them down. But what Jesus did came along to release them, all right, to forgive, amen, to vindicate, amen, praise God, forgive or pardon, okay? So that's why we're saying yes to justification and no to condemnation, all right? Now, then here's our key verse, for if by one man, so he's saying it another way, for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who through, uh, probably much more, though, let me read it again, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Then it goes right into verse 18, therefore, or because of this, here we go, as through one man's offense, Judgment came to all men, saying it again, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. So what we got here in this text is Paul writing to the church of Rome, and, and really it's such a, a powerful book, okay? There's so much what Paul, it's like he's He's like in a, in, a, in a courtroom, in a sense, you know, and, and coming at it from all different angles to say the same thing. And that's what he's doing, trying to get it across to you and me as believers, amen, to not yield to the enemy's ploy of trying to pull you under and suck you under uh, condemnation based on what Adam did, okay? Instead, to receive all that Christ has done and walk in a thing called justification, amen, so that you can reign in life, amen. Because without, with, if, if you're constantly under condemnation, you're not going to reign. I'm just telling you, it ain't going to happen. If, if you're not in a place where you're receiving, you know, what Christ has done for you, you're going you're gonna to strain. Even though you know Christ, even though you've accepted him, even though you're born again, even though you're heaven bound, I'm not taking any of that away from you. But we're called to reign in this life, amen? Not someday when you get to heaven. When you get to heaven, they're not going to have enemies to worry about, okay? It's in this place that you got things to deal with. And so he says he's paid a price and made a way so you can reign, amen? You can conquer, you can overcome, you can walk in dominion, amen? Reign as a king in this life, amen? But you're going to have to receive, okay, what he's, been, what he's offering. All right. And you're going to have to say yes to justification and at the same time say no to condemnation. Okay. So he goes on here now in verse 19 For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. He's saying the same exact thing. 
just coming at it from another angle again, all right? Moreover, the law, now there's that, that word, the law again, and I, like I said, that's going to be something that's going to be kind of a, a, a key thing here as we get into this. The law entered that the offense, in other words, the, the mistake, um, uh, you know, what, what has happened, uh, the, the, where you came up short, the issue, the problem. Okay, the law entered that the offense might abound. In other words, just like he said earlier in the chapter, amen, it was uh, the, sin, the law came that sin uh, might be revealed. All right? In other words, it reveals everything. So what happens, he said the same thing. The law came so that the offense might abound. In other words, because of the law, you now can see where you're coming up short. Okay? So it abounds. It's now in your face, so to speak. All right? But where sin abounded, in other words, where the mistake, the issue, the problem, the shortcoming, come on now, Everything you, you know, maybe the, the, the bad decision you made, the, uh, the poor, uh, you know, uh, choices you made, all that kind of stuff that where sometimes the enemy tries to bring condemnation, he said, where that sin abounds, grace abounded much more. In other words, what Christ did, just saying another way, what Christ has done is far greater than anything Adam did, okay? Anything that may be in your past, amen, no matter what, where you came up short, no matter what you did wrong, all right? Hallelujah. Now, we're not justifying it. And you're going to see that here. All right? So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, what, what has happened in this, you know, whatever, 10 verses that we read there, it's just Paul about a half a dozen ways saying the same thing, just trying to bring this around, to, to bring across to you and me that we are free from that which tries to condemn, or I should say gives the enemy place to condemn, amen, while we've been set free or justified or made righteous, amen, so you always have access, amen, to the source of life, amen, based on what Christ has done. And that's really what's being said through this whole thing. Now, some of you might say, well, you know, uh, you know, you talk this way, is that, you know, is it, mean that God doesn't care about sin or whatever? Well, he even asked that question in chapter 6, praise God. So let's go to chapter 6, all right, and just, just move, move a little bit through this chapter. Verse 1 says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? See, a lot of people, that's, when, you, when you minister on this, that's the first question they want to know. Okay, well, if if grace abounds more, then it doesn't matter how I live or what I do because grace abounds. That's not what he's bringing out. That's not what he's saying, okay? And so chapter 6 starts uh, bringing some understanding uh, about this, all right? So he said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. He answers it. No, that's not what we're saying at all. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Now get this. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus or immersed into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, right? And remember, multiple places Paul will bring out, he says, it's not I, you know, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's not I that live, it's Christ in me who lives, all right? And the life that I now live, I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, all right? So, you know, he's saying, bringing out here, listen, Jesus paid a price. Now, he's trying to give you clarity, though. He said this, that you were baptized into him, right? And if you were baptized into him, that means you were baptized. In other words, if you received him, if you've received Christ, I mean, if you've 
Except that if you become born again, as we're talking about, immersed into him, then it says then you were baptized into his death. He's asking that. He said, then, then we've been baptized into his death. Therefore, if we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk, here we go, in newness of life. Now, let me, let me, let me read the next verse, and I will jump back into this. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now, when an individual is water baptized, now, water baptism uh, has never saved anybody, but water baptism is an is a anti-type. It's, a, it's, a, it's an outward expression, Scripture says, all right, of what's already happened on the inside. When you accepted Christ, amen, you were uh, buried with him. So the old man died, amen, you became a new creation in Christ, old things have passed away. So he, this is just another way of him saying it, because he's trying to bring out here that you're free from anything back there that's trying to hold you, all right? So when he's talking here about being the righteousness of God and having the grace of God available, the power of God available to walk and reign in life. He's not trying to excuse sin, justify sin, uh, give anybody a license to sin. That's not what he's doing. He's trying to say, listen, I'm giving you the power to get free from sin, to get free from uh, the past, to get free from the thing that tries to hold you down, to walk free from a thing called condemnation, or guilt, or shame, or any kind of negative verdict or, or sentencing that's been placed on you by the enemy. Trying to get you free from that. And he's trying to show you in another way about what Christ has done and how he did it. Because you were, uh, you died when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. The old you died. That's why he said you were buried with him. And you, were, you became in the likeness of his burial. But not only that, he didn't leave you there. Just like Jesus didn't stay in the grave, he didn't leave you in the grave. So he raised you up just like he was raised up. And not only were you in the likeness of his death, you're in the likeness of his resurrection. All right? So you're a new creation. So he's trying to get across to you and me about the fact that we are free from our past. We are free from yesterday, yesteryear, yesterdecade, okay? Because you're a new creation. You're somebody new. Amen. That you, amen, were, uh, you know, born again. All right? There was a death, a burial. In fact, when you, when you think about water baptism, as I was kind of saying earlier, I don't know that I finished it, but it's about a death, a burial, and a resurrection. That's what water baptism represents. All right? And so that's why I always encourage people to be water baptized, and so does the scriptures, all right? Because it's an, it's, it's an outward expression of what's already happened on the inside. Amen. But now, now get a hold of this, because what he's saying here is this, all right? That you, you can't let yourself yield to things like condemnation, sin, and all the problem that, that creates this condemnation and shame and guilt, because you're free from it, all right? Now, when you got born again, you became a new creation, but you know as well as I do, we still got to renew our mind. We still got things in our life that we got to, you know, that need to be gradually adjusted and changed as we grow and mature in the things of God. Nobody becomes just instantly perfect. It doesn't happen. Now, inside, you're completely new. You're completely perfect. Inside, the way he sees you, per perfectly 
uh, clean and pure, praise God. But you know as well as I do, there are things out here that you got to start, you know, there are things that need to fall off. Amen. That's why he starts talking about the old man falling off and putting on the new man. Amen. And that's that process that happens. Amen. But the reason I'm spending the time on this thing called, you know, saying yes to justification and saying no to condemnation is because it's a paralyzer. Condemnation is a paralyzer. It'll keep you from moving forward. See, even though God has paid a price for you uh, to keep moving forward, paid, made a way so you could be empowered to keep moving forward, if you allow the enemy to hold you under with a thing called condemnation, it, it, it stops you right where you're at. And even though you have all the potential to move forward, all right? And again, I said this earlier in the service, uh, you know, it's probably one of the most deadly things that I have seen, at least in my time and working with people, one of the most deadly things that has kept uh, believers from moving forward, okay? There's other things, obviously, but, but this is probably one of the key things, and that's why Paul spends so much time on this in the book of Romans and comes at it from so many different angles. I mean, trying to get it across to us that you're free from that mess, okay? That doesn't mean it all just instantly disappeared. It just means that you're free from it. It no longer can hold itself over you because of what has happened on the inside. And if you will receive what Christ has done, you can walk free from all of that. Amen. Fairly quick. Praise God. Amen to that. All right. All right. So uh, verse 6 now of chapter 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Amen. Just saying it another way here that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves now to that, that sin or that past. And what comes out of that, the death and condemnation, guilt, shame, all that's attached to it, see, because he said that in the last chapter. And he goes on, he says, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Right? The old, see, all that was attached to that has died. All right? He goes on, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him or with Christ. So in other words, saying it, just another way of saying it again. You have died with him, all right? You were buried with him, okay? That, that, old, that old man's gone, and now we got it resurrected. You're now in his likeness of the resurrection, the likeness of his life, and the likeness of him being alive, just we are too now. So the old man's gone, the new man now uh, is now Amen. Unto him, uh, a new creation in Christ, able to do a whole new thing, praise God, attached to a God that can empower you to keep moving forward and be successful and reign in life, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. All right, so verse 9, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. In other words, he doesn't have to go back and pay another price. He's already paid the price, praise God. Now get this, death no longer has dominion over him. And most everybody said, well, duh, no, yeah, no, there's no way death have any kind of dominion over, over Christ. It goes on, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. All right, he paid the price. He took all sin upon him. The word says he became sin. Amen. That, amen. So uh, he who knew no sin was made to be sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. In other words, so he paid the price for sin. That's what it's saying here. So he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he's just saying it another way again. The life that he lives, he lives to God. So he's trying to show you that's the same thing for you. All right? Likewise, 
Verse 11 here, likewise, you also, see that's you and me, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. In other words, that old man's gone, all right? That whole way of thinking, that whole way of living, that whole way of walking is that old man's done. Praise God, right? Hallelujah. But alive now unto God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You're, you're dead to that whole old nature. You're now alive unto God. Praise the Lord. Therefore, do not let sin rule or reign. My word Bible here says reign, but it means rule over, right? Okay, do not let sin uh, reign or rule over in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. Do not present your members or your bodies, what it's talking about, as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now, most people would look at that and say, that's right, live right, live clean. And, and, and that's exactly what he's talking about. But see, it's sandwiched in here based on what Christ has done. Then it says this in verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion or authority over you. For you are not under the law. You're not under a, 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 the letter of the law in the sense of do's and don'ts, uh, you, know, uh, you know, all that kind of thing. Uh, doing things in your own power, your own strength. Instead, you're under, amen, the authority of grace, his empowerment, his strength, his leadings, his biddings, his breath. Praise God. That divine influence upon your heart and that being reflected in your life. He said, that's what you're, that's what you're connected to. So he's trying to bring out here that we're called to live clean and live right. But he says, don't try to do it in your own strength and power. Because you're only going to get so far with this. And you're going to come up short, and then you're going to end up in a thing called condemnation again. And then you're going to be paralyzed again. All right? You're going to be shut down again. All right? And you're not going to move forward because you're going to say, well, I can't live this thing. I can't do this Christian thing, which is just so far from the truth. Okay? Because he's not asking any of us to do any of this in our strength and our power by our own abilities and our own might. He's trying to get us to do this the right way, the spirit way, in the in newness of life. Amen. A, a new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new way, amen, of, of walking this out. Amen. And that is by leaning on him. That's why he made a way for you and me to come unto him. Praise God. Then verse 15, I thought I'd better read this just to bring clarity here. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Certainly not. So we're not excusing sin. We're not justifying sin. We're not, uh, we're not giving anybody a license to sin, so to speak. Amen. That's not what we're doing. We're telling, showing you how to get free from it. Because the enemy wants you to slip up and make mistakes. And by the way, just a, a little, uh, you know, maybe a little uh, word here. Guess what? It's going to happen. Okay, you're going to come up short once in a while. Okay, there's times where you're going to slip. You're going to do something you wish you wouldn't have done or say something you wish you wouldn't have said. Okay, there's times when you might get called on the carpet about maybe something that, uh, you know, you should have done different or something. Okay, these things are going to happen. But that's why if you understand this, you know you'll always have a way under the Father Amen. And you do not have to say yes to condemnation. You'll say no to condemnation and say yes to justification. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. This is all about walking, amen, in newness of life, walking in who you are now as a child of God. Let's go to chapter 7. 
read a couple verses here. Um, let's see what I want to do here. Uh, I know there's so much I'd like to read here, uh, but let's go to verse six. It says, but now we have been delivered from the law. All right. I just thought that kind of a, kind of sums up some things being said here. Uh, now we are, we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by so that we should, here we go, serve Amen. In the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So he's just trying to say again, now there was purpose for the law. And I think maybe I'll read some more of this and kind of clarify that again. There's purpose for the law. The law came and showed and revealed some things, but you're not called as a child of God under the new covenant to live by the letter of the law. Okay. So in other words, you don't go back here and say, okay, I got to do this, do this, do this, do this. And every day of your life, I got to do this, do this, do this, not do this, not do this. That's not how he wants you to live. Now you go back there and, and the law reveals do's and don'ts. It reveals yeas and nays. It reveals what to do and what not to do. It reveals, uh, you know, what's a shortcoming, what isn't. It reveals all of that. Amen. And that's why we, we praise God for the law. But we don't necessarily walk and live by that. What we walk and live by is in newness of life in Christ or newness of the Spirit. One of the ways it's going to say, in fact, I think it said that in newness of the Spirit in verse 6 there. All right. So what it's saying is that there's a way you as a believer are called to live. All right. All right. Let's, let's read on. What, what shall we say then? There's one of them questions again. What shall we say then? Is, is the law sin? In other words, is the law bad? Well, no, certainly not, right? On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law, right? Uh, for I would have not known covetousness unless the law said that you shall not covet, right? Makes sense, right? Uh, but sin, taken opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. See, it opens the door to things. Uh, uh, for apart from the law, sin was dead. Now get this. I thought this is kind of a neat way Paul brought this out. He said, I was alive once without the law. When I was a child, when I was, when I was young, okay, I didn't know any better. I didn't know yeas and nays. I didn't know the good and the bad, the do's and the don'ts. I didn't know all that stuff. I gradually learned that. So when I was a, an infant, I didn't know those things. So I, in a sense, was alive to God, all right, not knowing these things. He says, but when the commandment came, get this, sin revived and I died. Now you think, my goodness, that almost sounds like, it just doesn't sound right. God sends the commandments and, and I die. But uh, well, ideas that show you, amen, where, what is the wrongdoing? What is right doing? Amen. To reveal uh, what is uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Praise God. But the idea that you need to understand that really when you look at the purpose of the law, when it came, it was to reveal to you and me that without him, we can't do it. There is no way any of us can fulfill the law in our own abilities and strength. There was only one man that walked the planet that ever did. His name was Jesus. He fulfilled the law, amen, as a man, not just as the Son of God, but as the Word calls him. I think it's 84 times, in the, especially in the Gospels, it refers to him as the Son of Man. Okay, he walked it out, amen, and then took upon him, amen, became sin, Amen. Paid a price, the death, the burial, the resurrection. Amen. For you and me, praise God. So we wouldn't have to pay that, that penalty. Amen. That's why now we're saying yes to justification and saying no to condemnation. All right. Now let's read on. 
I was alive once without the law, verse 9, and when the commandment came, I sin revived then and I died. And the commandment which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taken occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it killed me. Therefore, the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. So we're not taken away from the importance and the value, amen, of the law of the commandments, praise God, praise God. So don't, you can't walk out of this service and say, uh, you know, I'm telling you that the law is no more, or the commandments are no more. That's not what I'm saying. See, I'm just saying that the way we live as a believer is not by the letter of the law, but by, amen, the spirit, praise God, according to the spirit, amen, by leaning into him, letting him breathe into us every day, amen. And if we will do that, praise God, we can walk this out. Amen. Hallelujah. And the cool thing about it, as we've been bringing out, that along the way, you know as well as I do, if you really are honest with yourself, you know that you haven't done everything perfect. And you know chances are you're probably not going to do everything perfect tomorrow. And you're probably going to do everything perfect next year. Now, you hopefully, as you grow in God, you're doing less and less uh, mistakes, and there's less and less imperfections. Praise the Lord as you mature. Amen. But you know as well as I do that about the time you think you got this level down, it's time, man, to go to the next level. And all of a sudden, it's a whole new ball game again. You know, So you got things to work through. So understanding the principle here, I'm saying that word on purpose, the principle of the fact that we're to say yes to justification and no to condemnation is so critical. Because the enemy is going to do everything he can to shut you down, to paralyze you, to keep you from moving forward. And the only, really, really, the only way he can is to get you to somehow slip up and then hold that over you, okay, through condemnation, guilt, and shame. That's what he does. That's his trick, okay? And you have to understand that you can say no to that mess, Amen. And say yes to justification because what Jesus did was far greater than anything Adam did or anything the enemy can pull over or, or try to pull over you. Praise God. So uh, that's, that's why we're, we're touching on this so uh, or emphasizing this so much today. Praise God. Amen. All right. Now, with that said, let's go to Romans 8. All right. We're kind of sliding in here, touching on some different things. Praise God. Romans 8 now. Have I ever told you how much I love Romans 8? Yeah, I know I have. Praise God a lot. Amen. So let's look at this now in the light of everything we've been talking. There's a lot being said through here, but I'm kind of just taking the high spots and, and touching on it. Verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Okay? Now, we, we, a lot of us have heard that verse. Well, we got to believe that, okay? There is therefore now no. Now, some of these words here are italicized, which means they've been added by the translator, and hopefully to try to make things clear. But sometimes I think sometimes that, that gets in the way a little bit, but not always, but sometimes. Uh, I understand what the translator was doing, um, but uh, it says there is therefore now no condemnation. And it literally just says there, therefore there's no condemnation, all right, to those in Christ, all right? There's no condemnation to those in Christ. All right, that's just plain and simple. In other words, Jesus paid a price. And so if you're in Christ, all right, if you're in Christ, amen, which I'm 
pretty much sure most I'm talking to are probably already in Christ. Or posi- that literally means to be positioned in Christ. Amen. In fact, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, and I believe it's verse, I want to say verse 6. I don't know if I wrote it down or not, but I believe it's in verse 6. It says that you have, you have been raised together with him and seated together with him in heavenly places. See, you're raised up and seated together in heavenly places. It says in Christ Jesus. See, you're positioned in him. That's where you're positioned. Okay, now, you may not see that at the, with these eyes, these natural eyes. You may not feel it once in a while. Come on, a lot of times you may not feel that, but according to this, you're already positioned in him. And 2 Timothy in 2, I believe it's like verse 1 there, it says, it says that in him, see, in Christ, that's where grace is, okay? That's, that's where the empowerment is. So if, you know, we're talking about those who are positioned in him. So if we will stay in him, if we stay positioned in him, amen, we, we, you'll never have a problem with condemnation, all right? Now, it goes on to say something in this verse here, the second half of this verse. It said, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, a lot of times when people read that, they think, well, that's conditional. Well, I understand where they're coming from, and, 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 and granted, you need to understand that if you're going to keep walking in sin, you open the door to condemnation. It's going to happen, okay? It's, it, 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 the enemy just, now you're, you're playing in that, uh, I like to say maybe you're playing alongside a slippery crick bank, amen, and you, you, know, you keep playing around there, pretty soon you slip, slide in, you know, and and you get yourself in trouble. So we're again, we're not justifying, you know, sin and 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 error and all that kind of stuff. We're not we're not playing around with that. We're just saying that this, okay? See, you're not you're not the old guy anymore, the old old lady anymore. Oh, that didn't sound right. The old person anymore. Amen. <laughs> all right, you're you're a new creation in Christ. All right, and uh, so uh, in Him, see, you're positioned in Him, and if you will recognize that, it says here. Uh, this this second half of this verse again, you're the person who walks according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. That's what he's trying to bring out here. He says, who, talking about you, do not walk, in other words, or live your life or conduct life. That, that word actually means to walk about or be occupied with, to live life or conduct life is what it means. You conduct life, uh, you do not, pardon me, conduct life according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So he's, what he's trying to do is tell you who you are. He's not really saying, you know, putting a condition on you. He's just saying, you're not the guy that walks in the flesh anymore. You're the guy that walks according to the Spirit. Okay, so let's, let's define that a little bit. What does it mean according to the flesh? Okay, so it, it literally means according to human nature. If you just look at it, that's what it's going to say, according to human nature. Okay, but, but then it says something else. Okay. Not just in moral depravity, corruptness, and immorality. See, a lot of times when you see the word flesh, that's the first thing uh, you know Christians' minds go to, goes to things like uh, depravity or corruptness, immorality, ungodliness, that kind of thing. Okay, which sometimes that's very accurate. Okay, but it's it, what it's trying to bring out here, and this is what I'm hoping you're going to grab today. All right, is it's referring to the tendencies to lean on human strength, human power human ability, come on somebody, all right, and, you know, natural ability instead of divine ability, because the word spirit, see, we're not those that walk according to or live life according to, you know, natural strength and natural human, uh, you know, uh, reasoning and abilities and all that stuff. We don't live that. We live according to the spirit, all right, which means vital principle, 
uses words like air, wind, or breath, talking about the breath of life, which we've talked many times from this pulpit about that, but it refers to a spiritual or divine nature. Okay, so we're talking about, we don't live by, by natural, uh, you know, a human nature, but by the spirit nature, all right, or divine nature, by the breath of God. That's how we live now. So he says, see, there's no condemnation to you because you're the person that lives by the spirit now. You don't live by the flesh. And then it goes on to say, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Praise God. The law, amen, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, the first word law here and the second word law, so the, the beginning of the verse and at the end of the verse here, uh, it, it, it's the same root word, all right? But the first one is nomos, and the second one is nomoal, okay, or nomu, I think kind of like that. I'm not sure if I pronounced that totally right. But when you look it up, the first one is referring to a law, uh, or a rule, a principle, or a regulation of some sort. So he's talking about the principle of what we're talking about here, the spirit of life in Christ. In other words, what, who we are now in Christ, walking in newness of life, in newness of the spirit in Christ, because we're positioned in him. We have a different way of walking, different way of thinking, different way of conducting life, praise God. Free from the past, free from mistakes, free from the error, praise God. Free from condemnation, free from guilt, free from shame. We're different now, okay? It says that the law uh, of the spirit of life in Christ, see, has, past tense, made me free, made you free, made me free, amen, from the law of sin and death. This particular word law, okay, also is defined as with the definite article, the. So, so what it says is, this is referring to this particular one here, is referring to the law. So we're talking about the letter of the law the ministry of death, the ministry of condemnation, what Moses wrote of the old covenant, amen, as we talked about earlier, amen. So that's what what it's talking about. So it says, you, under the principle of what Christ has done now, have been made free from anything back there that the law tries to put on you as far as condemnation, guilt, and shame. All right, but you've been set free from that, praise God, amen. Hallelujah. Verse three, for what the law could not do, talking about the law, right, could not do in that it was weak, through the flesh, God did by sending his own son. So he clarifies what happened. Okay, he knew that when he sent it. The whole idea was there's one coming. From the, from the garden, hallelujah, from the garden itself, he promised there's one coming that's going to put his, his, his heel on the neck of the enemy. Come on now, on the head of the enemy. All right, and this is what he's talking about. So God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, in other words, he paid the price for it. He took it upon himself, paid the price on account of sin, our sin, your sin, my sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, praise God, that the righteous requirement, verse 4 here, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk, hallelujah, according or live like, conduct like, according to the flesh, according to natural reasonings, natural living, natural strength, natural abilities. Come on, somebody. But according to the spirit, amen, spirit nature, God nature, divine nature, the breath of God, the grace of God. This is how it is, praise God, amen. 
Now, I want to uh, close with this, okay? I know I need to let you go here, but Galatians. Let's do this real quick. Read a couple texts, then I'm going to let you go. Galatians chapter 3, please. says this, O foolish Galatians, verse 1, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you, verse 2, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Verse 3, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Now, what he's trying to say is this, Jesus paid a price. So you don't have to go back trying to live by the letter of the law. You live by leaning on him, listening to him, walking this, praise God. Now, praise God for the letter of the law that reveals things and shows us things. Amen. But he said, we live by the Spirit as new, new covenant believers. In chapter 5 and verse 1, he says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. All right? Now, the whole thing is everything we're talking about today. Jesus paid a price for you. Receive it. Say no to condemnation. Say yes to justification, praise God. Don't let yourself fall back under that bondage, uh, what do you call it, the yoke of bondage, he calls it. Well, what that is is that you're coming back under thinking that your works and your, uh, you know, trying to earn it and trying to, you know, uh, perform and trying to live by the letter of the law. Amen. You, you're never going to, you're never going to, you're never going to make it because without him, it ain't going to happen. So what's going to end up happening, if you try to live that way, you're always going to come up short one way or another. And now here comes condemnation and trying to slap you upside the head like a big dog. I mean, condemnation, guilt, and shame. And I've seen that paralyze more Christians than any other thing. I've seen that shut down more believers from moving forward than any other thing. And so what Paul's saying, what your pastor's saying here, praise God, is say yes to justification what Christ has done, and say no to condemnation. Don't let yourself come under dominion under that mess anymore. Amen. Walk free from that. Walk free from all that yuck, that stuff of yesterday and yesteryear. Walk free from your past, praise God. Be the child of God you're called to be by leaning on Him, trusting in Him. And this is how it is, how we reign in life, child of God. I hope you got something today. Father, I give praise and glory once again. Thankful for this people of God. They had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. We give you the praise and the glory for it in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.